Hi, this is Tony Allen with Signet4713.com Gospel Way Podcast. Today's episode is titled Possessions Part 3. Now, this is a continuation on the series of uh, messages on that subject, Possessions. Now, the scripture that the Holy Spirit directed me to was in Proverbs 3, verse 9, as it is written, Honor the Lord with your possessions. And then it goes on to say, And with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, if you can recall in Scripture, when Jesus healed those that came to him and kneeled before him and requested that they that he heal their son or daughter, after he did so, he said, Now go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering. This is what the Holy Spirit was teaching me and told me to speak on in regards to that verse. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, when the Father heals you, it's just right to thank him by giving an offering to any church that you attend. doesn't matter. But do it in faith and in gratitude for what he has done for you. Now, that's honoring him. In general, when we honor a king, we bow before the king. Before anything was requested of the king in the Old Testament. And before they were able to get access to the king, they had to first get permission. We don't have it like that now. That's the Old Testament. But I'm just giving you some some some. Uh, groundwork on what this message is all about and how important it is to understand what Jesus is looking at when we come before him, all right, because he is our king. Whether you choose to accept it or not, Jesus is our king. He's king of kings. Now, there have been many kings in the past, but he is our king of kings, all right? Now watch this, honor the Lord, that means show reverence to the king, bow in reverence to his authority. With your possessions, whatever is afflicting you, uh, infirmities, whatever, disease, whatever it is, strongholds, whatever it is, get on your knees before the Lord, all right? Honor the Lord with that possession or possessions, Whatever it is, it doesn't even have to be you necessarily. It can be someone you know. It can be a family member. Whoever's going through something, when you pray before uh, for that person, you reverence the king. You get on your knees and reverence the king Jesus and let your prayer requests be made known to him. Now watch this. We're going to read from the book of Matthew in this series, Matthew 17. All right. This is when the boy was healed. Now watch as it is written, watch what happens here and what Jesus has to say. Now, verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, now watch, stop there for a second. Look what this man did initially from the very beginning. He recognized Jesus as final authority. All right. He recognized Jesus as king of kings. All right. And Lord of Lords, why would he kneel 
So Jesus, if he was, if he didn't see him in that likeness or in that stature, right? Why would he kneel? Why would anyone kneel before they uh, asked Jesus for anything? Because they understood that spirit inside of them understood that this is the king that we're approaching. And if we're going to request, we better show some reverence to the king. We need to honor the king before we ask of anything, whatever we possess with. Honor the king with your possessions. That's what this message is all about, possessions. But to do so, we must first humble ourselves. Don't think you're too large or you're too great in your status here on earth where you cannot get on your knees before the Lord. No one is that great on this earth. Jesus is final authority. He is Lord of Lord and Kings of Kings. Now, until you understand and get that in your heart and in your mind and believe it as truth, this is not going to work for you. You have to reverence him as king, as final authority, not your situation. Do not magnify your situation, no matter what it is, no matter how gloomy or glim or dim or whatever your situation is. Don't magnify that. You always come before him as the great authority over all. OK, no matter what it is, if it's a disease, if it's anything, finances, no matter what you come in before the king with, you honor him by kneeling before him getting on your knees and making your prayer requests known to him in faith now watch this i'm going to keep reading verse 15 lord have mercy on my son now this is the man coming to jesus uh asking for something for his son right now watch this lord have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Wow. So this thing, this, this, this demon just had total possession over this, this young boy. Now the father had to see this going on. Who, who knows how long this has been going on with, but Bible doesn't say, but obviously the father's like, we, 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 nobody can cure him. We got to get this taken care of. Right? So watch this now. This is what the man says. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, wow. You know, it's almost like he just threw him under the bus, you know, and obviously he had some history on the disciples because when they approached him, they must have gave him some background on what they're capable of doing. Right. But they couldn't get it done. They could not get the job done. Right. So watch this. Verse 17. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. He didn't say so-and-so. He didn't call them out by name. He put this in a plural, plural, excuse me, generation, more than one, right? So that means us too. Now watch this now. Before we go any further, that word perverse, it means obstinate in opposing what is right, reasonable, or accepted. Wrong headed, meaning wrong thinking. Now watch this. Obstinate. That word means stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion or choose course of action despite attempts to persuade one to do so. Now, Jesus, he, he said obstinate. He, well, he didn't say obstinate, but he said perverse. But now when you think about the word perverse, that word obstinate is, is, is part of that whole meaning. And the word obstinate means stubbornly refusing 
to change one's opinion or choose course of action despite attempts to persuade one to do so. So in other words, Jesus is like, wait a minute now, guys. You all been work, walking with me. I'm in training you. And you didn't get the job done. But he didn't condemn them. He just said faithless and perverse generation, meaning your thinking is wrong. You're not accepting the truth. You're not really accepting this in your heart. Your heart is hardened. You got to you got to let all that hardness go. You got to and receive the truth in your heart. Now, watch this. And just, excuse me. It's funny when you think about it. I, you know, I think about it when Jesus talks sometimes when you just read his words. Man, Jesus, he ain't hold no punches, first of all. And he just told the truth, right? How long shall I be with you? <laughs> you know, how, how, how long is it going to take, right? How long shall I bear with you? You know, that word, <laughs> that word bear, what he's saying is, how, how long shall I tolerate you? Come on. Come, bring them to me. That's what he said. Bring them to me. All right. Now, verse 18. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples, they scratching their head. They were like, wow, we, we said the same thing. You know, most likely they probably said the same thing, but their heart and their faith was not in it like that, right? And watch this. Then the disciples probably, the, excuse me, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, you know, they put him to the side like, what happened? Why we couldn't do this, right? Why couldn't we not cast it out? Watch this now. Now, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Now, this is his disciples. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, that's not a lot. It doesn't take a lot. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, now watch this now. However, this is where the unbelief came in with them. Now watch what, watch this. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, what he was saying there, first of all, you didn't ask for the Holy Spirit, all right, to work through you, not your will, but let the Father's will be done and fasting, meaning not leaning to your own understanding, your own carnal thinking, denying your flesh, right? So when you go in prayer, to fast means to deny your flesh. Don't allow your carnal mind to override the word, right? So that's what Jesus was saying. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So the question for us is, he just said faithless and perverse generation. Now, I just went over that word perverse. Perverse is obstinate in opposing what is right, reasonable, or accepted, meaning wrong thinking. All right. And that word obstinate means stubbornly refusing to change one's opinion or choosing course of action. Despite attempts to persuade one to do so. So Jesus basically was trying to persuade them. Y'all got to change your thinking now. How long will I be with you? And that's the same thing he's addressing us. When we come to him, we must first come to him believing that he is able. All right. That means do not doubt. And, and, and 
honor the Lord with your possession. That means get on your knees. Get on your knees. Don't be too proud to bow down to the king. Because guess what? Like I said in the last episode, whether you choose to do it now or later, you're going to do it. Period. Every knee will bow before the king. All right. So you might as well get in practice right now. <laughs> That's my advice. Just start doing it now. Whenever you uh, are seeking the Lord, you know, I know sometimes you might be in a situation where you, you can't get to that private area where you want to kneel down. You might, you know, just giving it, you know, out in the stores or whatever, you know, and it may come across your mind. Somebody might text you about somebody needing this or that. Right. And you want to pray for them. I, I get it. There's, there's, there's times and places for everything. Right. But if you do have the time. Reverence the Lord, the King of Kings, by kneeling before him, honoring him in that manner. Honor the Lord with your possessions, whatever you're going through. Jesus is bigger than what you're going through. And you have to believe that in your heart and in your spirit. My God is able. All right. And you have to believe that you have to you. you and the way you get to that point, you got a prayer, you got a fast, you got to deny your fat, your flesh. Because your flesh is wicked. You know, every that, that that's what makes us a sinner. It's, it's our flesh nature. And as long as we are in this flesh body, we are sinners. Doesn't mean you're out there sinning 24-7. Your body in itself, the flesh in itself is wicked. All right? That's the carnal side of us. Right? So you have to fast in a sense of denying your flesh. That's what fasting is, denying the desires of the flesh. All right. Whatever it is that's keep pulling you. Right. Whatever spirit that has overwhelmed and taken over instead, instead of you having the spirit of the Lord as final authority and ruler in your heart, you've allowed some other spirit to enter. Now, in this case, this young boy had an epileptic sir uh, uh 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 he was suffering from all those things throwing himself in the fire now now jesus said that was a spirit inside of him you know that was something that no one could get him help for except jesus and even his disciples could not get the, de uh, the that that demon to be cast out because of their wrong thinking their their, their wrong approach you know they're stubbornly refusing to change their opinion and the course of action, despite attempts to persuade one to do so. So despite what Jesus has been teaching them, they still couldn't get this done, right? So Jesus is like, come on. How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And, you know, the disciples, like, they watched, and they're like, wow, man, we, what happened, John, James? They point the finger. Well, what happened to you? You know, <laughs> but anyway, I'm just, you know, you got to put yourself in that little, in that time, you know, when, when they were doing these things. So, you know, it, it, and the word is, is so, it, it's interesting in a sense that it, it, it pulls you, it pulls you. You got to keep reading like a good, good, good book, you know, that you can't put down. When you get to that point, You've, you've arrived with the word and the word will become a part of you. You know, when you start reading the word and really get into it. Now, guess what? Now, watch this. The enemy is going to try to keep you from reading the word. It's going to, in the beginning, you, the consistency, right? The consistency of 
devoting time to the Lord first, right? Putting that time in first before everything else, the enemy is going to, your mind, your carnal thinking is going to always be, man, I need to do this, or I could be over there, I could be hanging here, or whatever it may be. The enemy is going to try to keep pulling you away because once you get the word inside of you, you're unstoppable because Jesus is residing there and Jesus is unstoppable. Nothing on this earth is greater than Jesus, our Lord, our King, right? So the enemy is going to do everything to distract you, to say you don't have the time, to say it ain't going to work. The word is living. It is powerful. The word, even when we are gone, the word will still be around because the word is Jesus. And Jesus ain't going nowhere. All right? Jesus is, (laughs) come on, think about it. Jesus is God. The word is Jesus. The word is God. So the word is going to be around. And the enemy knows that. That's why it is, you know, people don't want to open the Bible for whatever reason. We make all kinds of excuses. That's the carnality of our mind. All right. That's the flesh side. That's that wickedness in our flesh. That, you know, <laughs> the flesh is always going to war at the spirit. It's not going to want you to get the things that Jesus wants you to have. Excuse me. He's, the, the spirit is not going to allow that. He's going to do everything to keep you from opening the Bible and finding out what the word says. But you got to be stronger than that. You got to press forward. You got to go. All right. You know what? I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to be consistent. And when you start this uh, walk in learning the ways of the Lord, it's going to, it's almost like you can't get enough. You can't get enough. And the Lord and the Holy Spirit's going to start revealing all these things to you. And you're going to become unstoppable, you know, and you're going to ask for the things that you desire and it shall be done for you because the Lord wants to please us. The Lord, he wants us happy. He wants us to have the things that we desire. An enemy is going to try to sell you short and take a shortcut. Do it this way. It ain't going to be fruitful. You might gain some things in his, in his life, but it ain't going to bear no fruit. Not None that's going to be sustainable that you can pass on to your children's children and their children's children. The word is, is powerful. That's your wealth. That's your health. That's everything. That you need in this in this world on this earth, long as you have a mortal body, you need the word with you. You need to live and eat and feed on the word, the good, incorruptible seed, and allow it to take root. And watch what happens. You're gonna bear fruit. Period. You're gonna bear fruit when you're consistent. When you water that seed and you tend to that seed and you let that sunlight shine on that seed, it will flourish and you will be unstoppable. And the enemy does not want you to know that. He wants you to in darkness, in defeat, hopeless, sick, ill, magnifying your problems, in fear and doubt. That's not God's way. That's the enemy's way. And he wants to keep you there. He wants to keep you stagnant and hopeless in that cesspool of doubt. You got to shake that. You got to make a decision. I'm going to open the word and I'm going to get to know the Lord. Because guess what? He's coming back. Jesus is coming back. And you got to believe that in your heart. Jesus is coming back. It is written. If it's written, it's going to happen. My advice, 
get to know the Lord, make him Lord and Savior in your heart. And you do so by just confessing, Lord, I know you've died for my sins, was buried for three days, went down to Hades and got the keys of death, resurrected, ascended back into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father in the higher courts, interceding on our behalf. I make you ruler and savior in my heart. My life belongs to you. I surrender it today. Now you're a child of God. Once you say these things and you confess, you are a part of the kingdom, God's kingdom. You are in the inheritance. What Jesus has belongs to you and me now. When you confess with your mouth and believe it in your heart, and don't stop there. Get to know him. You get to know Jesus by reading the word. Everybody has these excuses. Well, God doesn't show up in my life. Well, what are you doing to get to know him? God doesn't do anything for me. Well, what are you doing to get to know him? He loves all of us just the same, but he wants to have a personal relationship with you individually. Who wouldn't want that with their children? All right, so stop making excuses about, I don't have time to read. Everybody has time. Everybody has time. So God is not buying that. He sees you when you're walking around and doing this and that. He knows you can't fool him. You may fool others, but you can't fool the Lord. He sees everything. Nothing is hidden from his sight. If you want your life to change for the positive, make Jesus Lord and Savior and King and final authority in your heart. Ruler in your heart. The territory within is ruled by the King, Lord Jesus. When you do that, this is when you start bearing fruit for the kingdom. You won't be able to keep the word to yourself. You're going to spread the gospel. You will be a disciple. When you start learning the ways of the Lord and walking in his way, in his truth, you will find life. Your life will begin. And that's my prayer for anyone who hears this message. Praise the Lord and all glory to God the Father, giving thanks to him in all circumstances. Amen. And God bless.